Welcome to the Avail Leadership Podcast, where our goal is to help you take your leadership to the next level. My name is Virgil Sierra, and today we're going to be speaking with Omira Font. She is the co-pastor of the Fuente de Agua Viva churches in Puerto Rico and Orlando, Florida, as well as the founder and director of Fountain Christian Bilingual School in Carolina, Puerto Rico. From being an author and a pastor to being a wife and a mother, you won't want to miss the insights Omira has has to share with us. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Avail Leadership Podcast. I'm Virgil Sierra. I'm the Avail Media host, also the lead pastor of Vertical Church, Iglesia Vertical, in sunny South Florida, where we are one church, two languages. Here at Avail Leadership, as always, our goal and our vision is to produce and provide and develop new resources every month to equip and empower leaders in the art of leadership. Avail Leadership is the premier Christian leadership brand, and we are so excited about all the things that God is doing, and we want to just put practical, relevant resources in your hands to help you become a better leader, and today, as always, we have an amazing guest with us. Um, today, I have the honor of connecting with Pastor Omaira Font from Puerto Rico, the island, uh, La Isla del Encanto, as we say in Spanish. And uh, I have the privilege of knowing Pastor Omaira for many years uh, through ministry connections and events throughout the years. Uh, let me just share a little bit about her. Uh, a successful entrepreneur with a steady step and financial wisdom, uh, Pastor Omaira Font has struck a balance between being a supportive and encouraging wife, a loving and dedicated mother, and a woman of God whose first priority is her pastoral ministry. Uh, she is the wife of Otoniel Font and the mother of four precious daughters. Uh, she and her husband are the pastors of Fuente de Agua Viva churches in Puerto Rico and also in Orlando, Florida. Uh, she's also the founder and director of Fountain Christian Bilingual School in Carolina, Puerto Rico. Uh, Pastor Omaira, I am so honored the Avail team, we are so honored to connect with you, to have you here on the Avail Leadership Podcast. How are you feeling and are you excited to be here? I am so excited to be here, Virgil, and I'm so excited to connect with you again. We've been friends for so long. <laughs> and I haven't, heard, I haven't heard about you for a long time. And then when uh, our mutual connection mentioned your yeah. name, I'd say, I know him, I know who he is. <laughs> You know, I, so for those who are listening, so I, I was the lead singer of a, of a Christian band that we used to sing of in Spanish. Of an amazing Christian band. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. No, we were the, the band Contagious or Contagios, right? And uh, we were in Puerto Rico many times uh, at Fuente de Agua Viva at Pastor Omaira's church. They did, they, they've always produced amazing uh, events that have impacted Puerto Rico and way beyond. And so I feel privileged. I always have admired Pastor Omaira, you and, and your husband, Otoniel, and everything you guys have always done. And excited to sit here and hear a little more of your story, your leadership story. So a lot of people know you, especially uh, in Puerto Rico, here in the States, on the, on the Latin side. But I'm excited because a lot of new people are going to get to know a little bit more about you, your ministry, your calling. And so why don't we start there? Why don't you share a little bit about your story, your, your journey, journey, where you are, uh, kind of what God has been doing. I know that, I know that in the process, there's church, there's school, there's, there's books, there's, uh, um, podcast, <laughs> fa of course, fa you know, priority number one family, so many things. Tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Thank you so much. Well, my, our journey, my husband and I uh, started 26 years ago. We got married in 1994 and uh, we had just met. It was just three months into our relationship. And we felt the call of God to start pastoring a church outside of Puerto Rico. So three months after meeting each other, we were already engaged for marriage mm. and got married six months later and moved to Central Florida. And that was in 1994. Today, Central Florida has many Puerto Ricans who are Puerto Ricans. <laughs> and, but back then, it was not as many people. We started mm. breaking ground for the Latin community uh, 20 something years ago, started with a small building close to uh, Altamont Springs, those of you who know Florida well, and moved to the south closer to Kissimmee in a land that we bought years ago. We still own that land. We still pastor our church from Puerto Rico. My husband does travel there every Tuesday. And 10 years after being in Puerto Rico, the Lord spoke to us again and said we needed to come back to Puerto Rico. Uh, so a year after that, our situation changed completely. Our family situation, our pastoral situation also. We moved back to Puerto Rico and our main purpose at the time was to help our pastors. But in a series of events that developed that were a surprise for us, uh, our pastors got divorced and we ended up pastoring the church and we came to help them ended up being in charge of a wow. mega church in Puerto Rico, probably the largest church in Puerto Rico. And we've been doing that for the last 17 years of our life. While that's the, that's the cliff note of the uh -huh. ministry story. <laughs> During that time, we acquired television stations, radio stations, our, the mm. first uh, Latin radio station in Central Florida. It's the radio station that we still have there today. Yeah. It's called Pura Palabra, but it has expanded to six radio stations, five in Puerto Rico, one in Central Florida. We have uh, a television station here in Puerto Rico. The Lord has opened doors for us in many ministry. Our television program has been in the Spanish uh edition of TVN, which is called mm. Elaste, for yeah. the last 22 years. That's a reach of 6,500 uh, television stations in the world. Wow. And on the other side, well, our family have grown during those 26 years. <laughs> we have four daughters. And our family situation is very particular because we have two oldest daughters who are 24 and 21. And then 10 years after that, we have two youngest daughters who are 11 and 9. Wow. So sometimes I feel like I have two families because we have <laughs> the kids that we had in our 20s in Central Florida and then the kids we had in our late 30s in Puerto Rico. Wow. And, uh, but it's uh, our family is just very, very energetic. Imagine my husband's life who at some point lived with five women at the same time. Wow. It's very entertaining. It's we. It's almost as we live in a sitcom comedy here in this house. <laughs> <laughs> Our oldest daughter is already married. She lives in Mexico with her husband. Her husband mm -hmm. is Mexican. Our second daughter, who's 21, is about to get married in December this year. Her future husband is Guatemalan. So I feel like I'm the mother <laughs> of the... United Nations or something like that. <laughs> uh, and uh, at the same time, we uh, uh, have multiple businesses, uh, 
for oh, until last year, I was the owner of one of the biggest franchise of women's clothing in the United States. It was called Caramillion. Mm. Uh, they had some changes in their corporation. I also had uh, children's boutiques here in Puerto Rico. Mm. And I've always kept my business side. My husband comes from my husband comes from a ministry family. I yeah. come from a business family. And we combine that in our unique family. And we've done all of that in the last 26 years. Been really, really busy and entertaining at the same time. Wow. I can imagine it. Well, you know, I think if there's one... Th- one thing that the Lord has gifted you guys with is capacity, right? Because you have ministry, you have business, you have family, uh, and all and all of the juggling that has to happen there. Uh, it's amazing. I think that your um, your experience is part of that leadership journey that so many of us can learn from. I wanna I wanna stay on the topic of family. You're talking about family. Uh, you know, there's a lot of the, uh, people listening right now, you know, t- checking out this podcast. Let, let's talk to the women specifically. Uh, what practical advice would you offer to women who are wives and mothers, but they're looking to expand and develop their other giftings, their other talents as well? Because we know, obviously, home is our first ministry. But but what advice? Because some people, so I think some women might feel, even men sometimes might feel, well, I'm, I'm stuck or I, I, I can only do this but I feel like I have a heart for this. What would you speak into that? Well, let me tell you, and that's a very, very good question. Because like you say, family is our first ministry. Mm-hmm. And in my case, I've always kept my priorities straight. My first priority is the Lord and the calling he has uh, put upon our lives, my husband and I, because I do, we do feel, we felt it like that for the 26 years we've been in ministry that we were called together. Yeah. We've, uh, we're one of those uh, weird couples where <laughs> we both have like the same impact in our church yeah. and in our leadership. And uh, in our case, I'm not just the pastor's wife. I am the pastor's, the pastor also as he is himself. That's the way we've directed mm-hmm. our ministry. I'm not saying that's the only right way to do it, we respect everybody's perspective and everybody's calling, but that's the way it's yeah. been in our church. And for me, my most important things are, are calling from God, my our marriage. I do uh, make my husband a priority in our life. Everybody knows that. I am very open about the way I care for him and uh, I take care of all of his businesses, everything that he does, and then our family. Those are my priorities. Everything else. The school, the businesses, the trips, everything else I say I do on my spare time because I have a priority. But when you talk about how it, uh, a woman can uh, develop their leadership, let me tell you, priorities is the first thing. You need to understand what are your priorities in life. And an advantage that I had through my adult life is I've always had that very clear that was my main focus. I oh, Every morning when I wake up, I know exactly what I'm to accomplish every day. And when I go to bed, I always review whether I accomplished my priorities for the day and my goals that I had set and whether I didn't and what am I going to do better tomorrow to make things happen. Priority is the one thing. Second, I've always, and this is something that not a lot of people know about me, but I've been studying my whole life. I still study in the university. I, mm. I, I, I am actually a student 
of Liberty University. I've kept myself studying. My husband and I were avid readers. We are avid, uh, uh, we study all the time, all the time. This house is filled with thousands of books. We've attended many courses. We, I still go to school because I feel that education is uh, part, it's the main part of our development, our personal development, our relationship yeah. with God, of course, but I do believe in studying, prepare yourself. Uh, as mothers, as wives, sometimes we de get disconnected from education. And for you to improve in your marriage, in your children, in your Personally, if you do have a career like I had a career in fashion for so long, uh, you need to study and prepare yourself. Yeah, that's great advice. Um, so I'm hearing a strong emphasis on understanding and establishing priorities. Yes. Uh, I'm hearing a strong emphasis on on continuing to grow and learn and have a mentality of of a of a person who's who wants to continue to. I think I think it's huge because if we want to be uh, strong, proficient, effective in other areas, we need to, we need to keep learning. We need to keep growing. So I, I, uh, agree hundred percent. And, and what you're saying resonates with me. My wife and I also lead and pastor together and, you know, every church and every calling and every pastor might look a little different. It's the same Jesus. It's the same gospel, but I love it. I love it that we have a space where we can talk about this because some people might identify, but just not know how to, how to explain it. And one, one more thing, kind of staying here on the topic of family. And, and then I want to ask a little bit about your, your journey as an author as well. But, um, how has, you know, you have four daughters and, and, and kind of in two seasons, right? One, uh, you know, two came when you were in Orlando, um, and you're like, you, like you mentioned in your twenties, then another two came when you were back in Puerto Rico in your thirties, um, being a mother, how has being a mother increased your leadership capacity? And then also how has it brought new challenges into your life in this area of leadership? Because there's a lot of parallels between leadership, ministry, and also leading our family, leading our kids. Well, there's so many things. First of all, I, I do have a big family. It's four kids. Uh, even when they're splitting in time, that doesn't make it any easier. I had two teenagers and two babies at the same time. And uh, to manage their schedules, their interests, imagine uh, when you have more than two kids going on a vacation is a challenge, making the decisions to go play and, and, and for your daily life to pick stuff that is of everybody's interest. And when you have such mm -hmm. a gap in between them, that makes it a greater challenge. In our case, we have four daughters and they, when you look at them, they don't look necessarily alike number one and number three, and I do call them my numbers, <laughs> number one and number three <laughs> are very similar. Number two and number four are also very similar. So I almost feel like our story repeated 10 years after. Virgilio is so funny because people say, oh, it's almost as if you started all over again. We started all over again when we had the youngest, the two youngest. <laughs> it's not as if we actually did. Yeah, and yeah. as a mother, let me tell you, to understand each of our kids' individual character. And that's something I've been very uh, loud about because I don't agree with mothers that say, uh, I treat all of my children the same. I do not treat my <laughs> children the same. All of them yeah. are different and all of them are individual. I do one thing for all of them. I make them feel as special and as if they're my favorite child. 
the mm. dedication of my book, the first book in this series, and I know we're going to talk about it later, uh, Women uh, Value Yourself, I dedicated it to my favorite daughter. And then I wrote mm. a paragraph on each of them because mm. I truthfully treat each of them as my favorite. And yeah. when I'm not here on this earth anymore, I know they're going to fight about whether who my favorite was. They all believe <laughs> it's them. It's each and every one of them. And But to understand each of our individual kids' characters, gifts yeah. and calling, that alone is leadership in itself. To manage each of them in a way that they can achieve their maximum potential, that they get to know each other, that they feel special enough, that they develop all of their gifts, all of their talents. I'm not musical like you are. You're a rock star. And my kids are very musical. Uh, my oldest plays the cello. The second one plays guitar. Ukulele, is that how you pronounce it? In yeah, English? ukulele. Mm -hmm. And the piano and the bass, I guess it's the word. Bajo? The bass. Yeah, the bass. The bass. Okay. <laughs> and uh, the two youngest, they play piano, ukulele, and the youngest one also plays the guitar because she's like wow. two. And they sing and they're very musical and uh, they're very artistic. They have that artistic vein that I do not have. And for me to help them develop that area has made me into a leader to know, to learn about all of their individual, individual interests and yeah. to manage a family, marriage, a house, kids, different ages, different interests. Their schoolwork, just to manage their schoolwork, uh, it's amazing, Virgil. I will be taking kids to school for 28 straight years nonstop, from my mm. oldest to my youngest, yep. because there's a, such a big gap in their ages. So from the day I took my 24-year-old to pre-K to the day that I take my youngest, who's nine today and in fifth grade, to the last day of her senior year, it's going to be 28 years. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. Well, that, that's a journey in and of itself. And I, I applaud you. The Lord knows why <laughs> he made women to be mothers because some of us men could not handle that. And I, that's so interesting to hear. And I love what you're saying about knowing each child individually, you know, something that we've learned with our kids in the journey is, you know, they all have their own giftings and callings, but also they only, they each have their own love language, right? When we talk about how they receive love and how they express love. So knowing that is so important. Love that. Um, and I think, I think there's a lot that you have, um, uh, Pastor Maida. And their individual calling, because sometimes yeah. you want to have like a small box and put them all in the same place. One of the things yeah. I never tell them is, You're not doing this that your sister did, or right. you're supposed to do this this way. No, I let them be who they are and appreciate them. I, one of my daughters, uh, she's a drama queen. Oh, she can cry <laughs> and laugh in a 10 second, in 10 seconds, go from one place <laughs> to the other. My youngest is a stand-up comedian. The second one is very focus-oriented. The oldest one, she is a high maintenance child. I need to call her. She calls me every day. She calls me from the salon, mom, I'm going to do my nails. What color do you think I should do? And it's all of this individual attention that all of them need and yeah. deserve because they do deserve it. 
uh, they do deserve to have parents that tell them how special they are in overall to make them feel special. Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. I, I love the examples that you're giving because I think that it really helps everybody understand that the, the, the first place where we're leaders is in our home. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so important. Um, I, I want to switch gears here a little bit, Pastor Omaira. Um, you've written multiple books, uh, including Mujer Valorate, which I guess in English would be Woman Value Yourself, right? Value Yourself. And, and, and uh, Mujer Sueña, Woman Dream. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about your writing journey and the inspiration behind these books. Well, my writing journey started motivating my husband to write his books because he is a great preacher, great teacher of the word out of every 30, 40 minute message to always come out with a deep revelation of the word, but also with a... Uh, a simple lesson that you can apply to your to your life that day, the next day. And while he was writing some books for our publisher, which is Whitaker House, they would always ask me, Pastora, when are you going to write something for us? Pastora, when are you going to have a book for women? And uh, I've had a women's ministry for the last 22 years of my life, creating conference, creating content. But At that point, I didn't feel like I had a unique revelation to bring across to the women. I always Mm -hmm. felt that what I was doing with the events, with the conferences, um, I was doing my part. And I've never done anything because anyone else did it. I always waited for the Lord to direct me in a direction or take me in a direction. And um, then I got the ideas for these mini series of books that will help women in different areas of their life. As a busy mother, wife, pastor, entrepreneur, I don't have the time to write a thousand page book. (laughs) Sometimes I feel like I don't have the time to read a thousand page book. And uh, I decided on a small series that will take you on a journey step by step. It's four books. It starts with value, uh, talks about the women's value and how you need to value yourself. And I wanted to have a balance in between the simple phrases that we all know. You're unique. You're special. God made you unique. And the deep theological truth about our uniqueness and our value as women. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to find a balance in the middle where when the women read the book, they felt like they were speaking with a friend. That's one of the things that makes me unique. I'm very friendly and I didn't want to have a book that felt like an author. I wanted to feel like a friend talking yeah. to a friend. And the second step in the book, after you understand your value and you have your personal journey of healing and uh all and your journey with the lord knowing how he created you how special you are especially for those women who've had uh a past and had mm. negative experiences and maybe someone told them that they were worthless or humiliated them or they felt that they were undervalued by a situation someone left them someone said something about them, all of those areas in our self-esteem that get affected in our lives. Uh, After that, then came the book, Women Dream, because when your value is where it should be, 
and you reconcile your pangs and your negative experiences, then your imagination can open. And then you're ready to look into your future, not through the lens of your past, but through the lens of what God wants for your life. The third book in this series, and it's about to come out, it's called Women Create. Why? Because after you start dreaming and your imagination opens, then your creativity sparkles inside of you. Being yeah. working with women for over 22 years, I see a lot of women. You know that comparison game? where they can see what others have and I don't have, what others can Mm. do and I cannot do. And I've had friends who are very uh, good decorating or some of them are very good in the kitchen or some of them are very good in their businesses. Like one of my gifts is number. I understand numbers. I have a gift for prosperity to make things produce. And I have friends who come Mm. to me and say, I wish I had that. All I can do is cook. All I can do is I'm a good decorator or I understand fashion, but all of us have a creativity side. We just need to find it and make the most of it. And that's what that book is about. It's about teaching women how to be creative, how to understand what creativity they have and make Mm -hmm. it work for every area of their life. And then the last book is Women, I don't know how to say it in English. I apologize. It's Mujer Emprende or Women. Uh, yeah, like, 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 like take on, like, like almost like entrepreneur, like take on a new idea. And, exactly. And, and, and to uh, motivate them to uh, become entrepreneurs. Yeah. And that's how this series will end. Mm-hmm. It starts with your value, continues with your dreams, sparkles mm-hmm. your creativity. Mm-hmm. And then after all of these scripts, of course, you can be an entrepreneur, you can be a leader, you can do yeah. anything you want in life. That's so good. I think it's it's so um, inspiring for so many. And, you know, if I'm honest... Um, in el mundo español, right in the Spanish world, in the Latin world, the, the, there hasn't been as much um, f- from this angle from from a lot of women leaders. And so I think this is something that is such an encouragement all throughout Latin America. But I know it's going to be an encouragement, even because you told me I heard around there that that the books are going to be taken in English, right? Yes, we have great news. I'm uh, the first Spanish author from Whitaker House whose books are going to be published in English. Awesome. They have other authors that they've published at the same time, but there's been such a big demand for our, my books that they decided to publish them in English too. And I'm so excited about it. Early next year, we're going to have Women Value Yourself and Women Dream available in all of the bookstores all across the U.S. That's, That's a big step for me as an author. I didn't expect to have an opportunity in the English market, and I'm so excited about it. Muchas felicidades. Congratulations. Muchas That's gracias. awesome. <laughs> hey, we got to take advantage and do some Spanish here on Avail Leadership. Well, so. I got to tell you something, Virgil. I always say that God speaks Spanish. That's right. I think God speaks Spanish. And when I, I, I meet uh, people who always speak English, I always make this joke and I ask, you don't speak Spanish? Oh, what are you going to speak in heaven? Because in heaven, <laughs> they all speak Spanish. <laughs> That's funny. I had a friend who used to say that that God speaks Spanish because he named his son Jesus. So that's a, another joke. Hey, that's for another podcast. Okay, I, I have a, a question here, Pastor Omaira, because um, there's something that you've 
kind of taken on that's important. And I want some people to hear a little bit about it because I think there's more leaders finding themselves in similar situations. So your church serves congregations in two different contexts, right? Um, um, also, your school serves people in two languages, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's two, right? And so what practical tips do you have for leaders who are trying to foster unity between different cultures, different people groups, you know, or communities? Um, um, because there are differences sometimes culturally. And, and what have you found that helps, especially maybe in this case with two languages? Well, in our first experience as pastors, we were in the U.S. as Latin pastors, and our church was mainly Spanish. Uh, years after being there, uh, a lot of Americans will come to our church and say, we want to have a service in English. And we even had Americans sit down in our service because they were fascinated by our language, by our music, by our way of worshiping God. And we eventually opened an English service for them. While being in Puerto Rico happens the other way around. We Puerto Rico has a lot of English-speaking people, uh, a lot of business people especially, that live here and they mostly speak English. So we do translate our services here too. And throughout our ministry, throughout my adult life, I've always been in both cultures. In, all, in our case, Puerto Ricans are very Americans. Actually, we're born Americans. And yeah. that's a cultural context that not everybody understands. Yeah. We're very influenced by the uh, United States. We are part of the United States yeah. and we celebrate the same holidays uh, and share a lot of the same values as yeah. in the U.S. But still living in Florida 20, more than 25 years ago, because today is yeah. very different. Uh, today you go to Orlando, which is where we spend most of our time. And it's very much like Miami used to be 20-something years ago, very Spanish. Like in Miami, you have the signs that say, we speak English because everybody's Spanish. (laughs) In Orlando, Central Florida, feels like that today, not back when we moved there in 1994. Mm -hmm. The cultural context of the American culture and the Latino culture are very different. I do believe that we learn from every culture. We've had the blessing of traveling a lot of places in the world. And I always do, remember I like education, so I always do my reading. I always learn about the government. Uh, I always learn about the big events that shape up that culture that I'm gonna visit. It's of interest to me. We learn from each other, but to keep in contact with our own culture is also a part of our unique uh, qualities as human beings. When my oldest kids, remember they were born in Florida and I made them speak Spanish Spanish in the house. It it, It is till today, very odd for me to have mm. Latino families with kids that don't speak our language. That's very up for mm. me. I always recommend all of the Spanish families to give their kids the competitive advantage mm. of learning two languages. If you yeah. can do that, do it, of course. Yeah. And I was very strict with my children in their pronunciation for the English and for the Spanish too. Their teachers yeah. in school, actually didn't believe that my kids could speak Spanish. 
because they had a good pronunciation in English. And when we moved to Puerto Rico, it was an added value for my kids to know the language of Puerto Rico. For my kids that were born in Puerto Rico, I make them speak English. I actually, the youngest, are actually learning Portuguese also. Wow. And you need uh, to, uh, I always encourage them to speak both languages, to do it well, to learn about other cultures. When my kids go to the U.S., and and that's very funny because we were speaking outside of the interview Mm -hmm. about your name that (laughs) I didn't know if I should say your name in English or Spanish. Uh Uh, Virgilio. Yeah, we. This is part of our world when we're bilingual because yes. if we're talking in Spanish, yes. we're Pastora Omaira. Exactly. But it, I, a funny thing happened to me with my oldest daughter because when she was like four years old, someone asked her, "What's your name?" And she said, "Jonaree." And I saw this pronunciation in English. And <laughs> when we came in the car, I say, "Jonaree," which is her name in Spanish. I said, "Jonaree." Uh-huh. How do you say your name in English? And she was Johnny. And how do you say your name in Spanish? And she was like Johnny. Different pronunciation. Yeah. And yeah. it was very, very eye-opening to me. That's yeah. what I say. That's when I realized the value I was adding on their lives by being so vocal about them learning both languages well. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great challenge for those who have that opportunity because even there are people who maybe aren't necessarily from another culture, but they have that interest and desire to learn another language, which I think is a great thing. And I think it's, uh, it, we should applaud that as in parents. But but yeah, it is it is kind of managing two worlds. If I'm with a Spanish uh, people or a context, my, I'm presenting myself as Virgilio Sierra. If I'm in an English speaking context, I'm Virgil Sierra, right? And so yeah. all that is, is so interesting, but I think it adds great value value, uh, Pastor Omaira, and I think it's part of who you are and, and, and who your family is, who you and your husband, your church, uh, and I think that's something that as leaders we can learn a lot from. Um, I, have, I have another question here. Um, uh, 2020. 2020 has been a year like no other year. Most of the time the reaction is laughing or crazy. Yes. <laughs> you heard me. Un año loco, right? A crazy year. Um, Sin how, paralelo. <laughs> exactly, without parallel. Um, how have you seen your church, you know, your school, ministry adapt? Uh, what advice do you have for leaders who are trying to adapt to the everyday changes that seem to be happening in 2020? Again, uh, June didn't look like May or like April didn't look like March. We're now at this point of recording. We're in September of 2020 and every month, every week, every day is a little different. What, what advice do you have for leaders about adapting? We are in September with a huge election ahead yep. of us, <laughs> mm-hmm. which only yep. means more craziness for 2020. Yeah. <laughs> I got to say, uh, you are right. 2020 is a year that none of us, I'm not speaking about Puerto Rican or just Americans or Latin America, the world is mm-hmm. never going to forget. But in our favor, Puerto Ricans have an advantage. Three years ago, we experienced the largest hurricane in our history that swiped our island completely. Wow. My house, this house where I'm at right now, was six months without electricity. We had to move from here, couldn't be here for a while. Our uh, electric service in the island went down, placed wow. a lot of the houses, the water service. 
And during that time, we spoke a lot about resilience. A lot of people had to start all over again. People wow. moved outside the island, already came back. So we've been struggling with a lot of uh, events, mm-hmm. events that never experienced before that gave us an advantage. Our year, 2020, started before the pan- pandemic. We had earthquakes. We had a lot of areas in Puerto Rico that were shaking constantly wow. every day. After that, we in February, uh, we had some space garbage. We saw mm-hmm. some bolts of fire coming through the mm-hmm. skies. Uh, and all of that happened here in Puerto Rico. And then the pandemic where all of us are staying in our homes, everything changed. School changed, our works changed, uh, working from home, kids mm. studying from the house, technology levels raised for everyone at the same time. Uh, we started our year speaking about 2030. Mm. Our series for the church was called Compass 2030. In January and February, we were teaching in the church about how you should not focus on a year, but on the next decade of your life. And it was such a word from God because economic uh, economists today say that the technology for most people advanced 10 years. We in our church, uh, in our school, uh, started an online teaching program in 2010, Mm. 10 years ago. And we were 20 years ahead of our time. Uh, I had that special program created for kids whose parents travel, like my husband and I travel constantly, or whose parents were starting to work from home. And it was a load for them to wake up in the morning, go through traffic to take the kids to school and come back to their house to work. And we were, I know we were ahead in our calendars, but Mm -hmm. we had that program already working for a small group of our population. But today, that is their norm. But that's mm-hmm. what everybody's doing. Internet, computers, yeah, yeah. working from home, studying from home. So in 2020, like the Lord spoke to us at the beginning of the year, we can't focus on the year or the events of the year. We need to focus on what future this leads us. Mm-hmm. Where are we going to be tomorrow? next year in the next six months there's still a few events that are happening this year we have elections in Puerto Rico the U.S. election is super important yeah Uh, I do follow the news I do like politics a little bit and I do follow the news and we know that the protest and whatever happens in the election is going to shape the end of the year we're looking ahead for that As leaders, we need to move quickly. We Mm. need to be agile in our movement. We need to make decisions. We need to get ahead with technology. We need to be ready to be able to lead our teams. Our church, like I said, during the hurricane, our offices were swiped. We We moved very quickly back then to have temporary offices from having a huge building with everybody there. We had now four different buildings in four different places and we had split all of our team. We get together for special events and for special meetings. Today, 
we get together through Zoom, like everybody else is doing it. And when you have small changes and you make the most of it, when the big changes come, you already have an advantage. Yeah. If you move ahead every single time, a friend who's a politician uh, recommended that we stop doing our services even before the government closed the public uh, establishments. Mm -hmm. And we were a week ahead, got a lot of criticism from our fellow pastors for doing that. Mm -hmm. They were saying, you lack faith. You don't believe in God. You don't Mm -hmm. believe God's protection. But our friend said, Pastor, today is a day where you want to be ahead of the curve. When the government shuts down the country, and they will, you will already have your uh, service mm-hmm. online. Yeah. Your members will be ahead. So it is the time not to hold on to the old ways of doing things. It's the time where you want to be ahead of the curve. That's really good. I think that it's important as leaders to um, not resist changes and, that, and adopting, but actually embrace it because in the end, we might come out better. And I think that's what happened to many churches and organizations. We've learned to do things in a new way. Maybe we wouldn't have even tried or considered it, but in the end, we have a new positive result. So that's great advice. Um, as we're rounding off here, this podcast, this has been so good, uh, Pastor Omaida. I have, I have a question. Go, going back a little bit to um, you and your husband leading together. That's a that's a, an interesting dynamic. Uh, I think that um, uh, as men and women leaders, uh, we have different different strengths, different weaknesses. Um, wh- have you noticed, or what would you say is is maybe like a major pitfall you see male leaders fall into? And then what's a major pitfall female leaders might fall into? Again, we're different, men and women, right? And uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Yes, of course. Uh, I've seen a many, especially the Latin American uh, males, who want to feel like that macho stereotype mm-hmm. where they are... Uh, in charge and they want to feel that. However, my husband, it's very different in that sense and in that character. Early on in our marriage, we agreed that whoever was more qualified to do something, that will be in both of our events. There are some uh, female and male stereotypes that sometimes we want to feel and we want to just go to that place and do things as the previous generation did it, or as they are expecting us to do it. Happens Mm -hmm. a lot in Latin American churches where they expect the male to be the pastor and then the pastor's wife. We decided to break uh, those stereotypes because we understood, especially where the Bible says that one can make a thousand run and two can make 10,000 run. Uh, We understand that exponential capacity that you achieve when two or more come together. Uh, It scientifically proved that if you can raise 100 pounds and the other person can raise 100 pounds, when you two join your forces together, it's not 200 pounds where you can raise. You can do probably 300, 400 because your forces join. 
And very early on in our marriage, in our ministry, in our business life, in our leadership, Hmm. we decided that whoever was more qualified to do something will do it. Funny enough, I was raised uh, around cars and (laughs) I, I take care of the cars in this house because I have some knowledge. Uh, my dad was very into cars and, and he had a business that dealt with cars. And my husband, he doesn't even feel the tank of gas. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's my gift. I understand it better. <laughs> I take care of that part. He takes care of other parts. I take care of the house. He takes care of uh, big stuff here in the house. That's his department. When we go out uh, on a trip, he's always in charge of keys. I'm never in charge of keys. I don't think about them. We had already divided what we, not by typical roles, but what we're best best at and function in that way. And that works for us. It works perfectly well. Uh, We are always in communication. That's one of the big things in this house. I've always encouraged communication. I've always encouraged uh, to be out there. We are Dave in our car when we used to go to the office and to go to school. <laughs> Way back before 2020. Way back six months ago. <laughs> it seems like a long time. Yeah, it does. And this is how a day started every day with Helio. We would pray in the car. And after that, the kids would scream, plans for the day. And we will discuss all of our calendars. My husband would say, well, I have this at this time. I have to do this. I have to do that. I will discuss my plans for today in my calendar. And so will my kids because they do have their after school activities. Mm-hmm. So we will all agree Then, most likely today we're going to eat at this time. My family has always been knowledgeable of what everybody else is doing. Mm-hmm. Always be knowledgeable of that is part of our character is how we do things. And that works. That works in a family. That's so good. Um, before we get into how people can connect with you and some resources and how they can find you, I want to finish off with this last question um, uh, because you have, you know, I think it's, I think you mentioned 26 years of experience in ministry and pastoring, right? Um, how would you advise maybe a new wife who's entering ministry with her husband for the first time or a wife whose husband is, has recently joined, you know, ministry, working at church, you know, what tips from your experience would you give that would help, would help her? The main thing I would say to find her own place and not try to do anything the way other people do it. Um, I was going to mention this in the previous uh, question, but back when we started 1994, everybody would ask me, Virgilio, so are you going to sing in the church? Because it's very typical in Latin churches <laughs> that the husbands preach and she sings. And uh-huh. I already said, I have no musical talent. If our ministry was dependent upon me singing, we would be selling shoes somewhere. <laughs> we wouldn't be doing the ministry. And yeah. A lot of people go to the ministry with some expectations right? or trying to fulfill what uh, stereotype is being presented in front of us. For a new wife, uh, for a new female leader yeah. uh, in ministry, I would say find your own place in ministry. Good. Find wherever you're most productive wherever you can give the most out of you, wherever 
I'm not going to say feel comfortable because that's not necessarily uh, right. what your gift doesn't necessarily go with what you're more more comfortable uh-huh. doing. And sometimes we do have to fill spaces that are not our most comfortable, but we have to do it for a time. Right. And uh, but I, that would be my biggest gift. I I told my husband. After the 25th person that asked me, are you going to sing in the church when you go to Orlando? I was like, am I supposed to sing? And he's like, no, you're not going to sing in our church. Because he heard me singing before. <laughs> so he said, no, that if, if our ministry is depending upon that, then we have problems. Yeah. And, but I always felt good in my skin, good with my talents and lack yeah. of talents and dealt with that gracefully. That's great advice. Great advice. Be authentic. Be who God created you to be and, and, and run with that. That's great. Um, as we're closing off this podcast, Pastor Omaira, there's um, uh, people that want to know more about you, about what you're doing. Um, I know that there's some projects in development. You know, there's some passions that you got. But what are some ways that people can connect with you or, or learn more about you? Well, obviously through social media, uh, the only thing is most of my social media today, it's only in Spanish. I do have a group of 100,000 women in Facebook that is called Divinas Pastora Omaira Font. I do a live there every night. I guess when the books come out in English, most likely we will uh, translate all of our websites and all of that. It's omairafont.com. And the social media where I'm most active at, and I do present a lot of our personal life and our children and the place where we're at and where we travel is on Instagram and in there they can find me for Omaira Font. Yeah, so so everybody who's listening to this or watching this, Omaira is O-M-A-Y-R-A font.com, right? Is the website. Yes. And you can look up Omaira Font on the social media platforms. Um, you can look up. I can't, we can't wait to see some of those books in English as well. But I know there's a lot of Latinos that are connected right now and, and, and are yes. going to enjoy uh, connecting as well. I want to mention this last thing. Uh, the Avail Journal, uh, Dr. Sam Chand, uh, Martine, the whole Avail team does such a wonderful job. Uh, I know, uh, Pastor Omaira, you're familiar with the Avail Journal. And I want to give uh, a little shout out because uh, you are going to have an amazing uh, article as well and we're doing something in the in the upcoming uh, October 2020 edition that we've never done where we're going to have some in Spanish we're going to have your article uh, in Spanish which is going to be a kind of a new thing talk about new things and changes and adaptations the avail journal is going to have espanol con pastora omaira font how do you feel about that I feel so excited because in my publisher, they moved me from Spanish to English. And then with the Avail family, they are moving from <laughs> English to Spanish. So it's so good to be a link between our cultures and our languages. Just a little bit of expansion for everybody. Yeah. I am so excited. I can't wait to see that Avail magazine. That yeah. is going to have the Spanish and the English. That's yes, yes. And you're going to have your own, your edition where, you, where you're going to be on the cover. It's going to be a blessing. I love the diversity that Avail brings into this leadership context. And let me I just hope mention, I'm the first Latina on the cover. I yeah, didn't I think, have that. <laughs> I think you are, Pastor Almeida. I think you are. Um, I'm going to mention everybody connected right now. Uh, if you want to get a free annual subscription to the most amazing Christian leadership journal or magazine you can find, all you have to 
do is go to availjournal.com. I didn't say one. It's actually an annual free subscription, availjournal.com. And if you want to connect to our to a leadership community where you're getting challenged, kind of have Pastor Omida said about growing and learning, you can go to availleadershipconnect.com and that'll lead you to our private Facebook where you can see more, hear more, engage in leadership conversation. Pastor Omida, this has been such a wonderful time. Thank you. Thank you for pouring out wisdom and experience uh, and doing it in a context uh, that is that is just fun. It's 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 diverse. It's multicultural. Uh, lo podemos hacer en español. We can do it in English. Or in English. In English. <laughs> yeah, I love that that we can do that. And and what would be some final thoughts that you want to leave with everybody connected? Well, first of all, thank you so much for such a good interview, and I am so happy. Uh, about being on Avail Leadership, the magazine, uh, in the next month. I was actually slightly intimidated because the resources in there are so incredible. As leaders, we are on the verge of many changes technologically in uh, the way we do and see things. The next decade is, we're not going to see in a decade, we already have it here. So if we think, that technology has taken us far fast. Mm. Now it's only faster. We need to be on the edge of whatever is happening in the world, learning, preparing ourselves, and of course, of course, not only studying, but doing everything with God in our lives. So good. Pastor Maida, on behalf of the Avail team, thank you for connecting with us and sharing your experiences, your 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 uh, learnings, your journey in leadership. We are so proud of you. We're proud of you and, and uh, Pastor Otoniel and uh, Fuente de Aguaviva, everything you're doing in Puerto Rico and, all, and around the world. We're thankful for your life. We honor you and we ask that the Lord would continue to use you in powerful ways. We can't wait to see all the things that are coming up, all the new projects that are coming up, but but we, we love you on behalf of Avail and we, uh, we're with you. We're praying for you and we can't wait for the world to see that Puerto Rico has some amazing things to offer the world. Hey, everybody who's connected, thank you for connecting with us one more time here at the Avail Leadership Podcast where we are helping you in the art of leadership. We hope you connect with us next time here at the Avail Leadership Podcast. Thank you for joining us for this insightful conversation with Pastor Omira Font. For more information about Pastor Omira, you can visit omirafont.com, O-M-A-Y-R-A-F-O-N-T.com. For more leadership resources, check us out at availleadership.org. And you can join in the leadership conversation at our exclusive Facebook group by going to availleadershipconnect.com. Lastly, you can claim your free annual subscription of the Avail Journal at availjournal.com. For now, be blessed, stay safe, and keep seeking the Lord. As always, thank you for connecting with us to grow in the art of leadership here at the Avail Leadership Podcast podcast.